This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you'd like to donate, uh, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Thanks to everyone who's donating. Uh, okay, I have so many stories we got to get through. Good, good, good. Do you want to start with happy or sad or... Uh, okay, let, okay. from the past few episodes, I think we need to bank the happy ones for the end. Okay. Because <laughs> my drives home from your apartment, from your house have gotten depressing. <laughs> so let's start, like, let's, can we work toward happy? Sure. Let me start with maybe one in the middle. Actually, you know, I'm looking through. They're not all, they're not all going to be depressing. Um, so <laughs> let's start with this one. That's not the vote of confidence I, I need. Thanks, Trump. Okay, <laughs> let's start with this one. Um, there is this mother on Facebook call yeah. who goes by the activist mommy. Her name's Elizabeth Johnson. She is, according to her website, a homeschooling Christian mother of 10. 10! As one <laughs> does. That? <laughs> That's too many. <laughs> That's like, yeah, nine too many. Okay, but she has 10 kids. Whatever, I don't care. She no, can do whatever she wants. Here's where uh, she's kind of like, you know, Joshua Feuerstein, Feuerstein, the, the guy who gets mad at Starbucks with their red oh, cups he's got the and hat? the backwards hat and the vertical videos. Yeah, yeah, and he gets yeah, mad yeah. that McDonald's French fries come in fry containers with rainbows on. Yeah, she's like a, a female version of that in terms of anger at stupid things. Sure. Um, so she makes these videos. They go viral because... Certain types of conservatives really want to hear it, mm -hmm. and certain types of us really like to mock it. Yes. So here's the one that seems to have really pushed her over, like, the viral edge. Okay. So the backstory is Teen Vogue, which is awesome, and they yeah. have done a lot of actual writing and, like... Uh, like actual reporting. reporting. Yeah. I mean, they have good articles now, so yeah. yay. Uh, they posted in their latest issue, I think the June issue... Uh-huh. They had a whole spread on what anal sex is. Oh, and okay. so their argument for this, like, why would they put that in Teen Vogue? Uh -huh. The argument is a few things. They're saying, look, kids are having sex. They should know how to do it with in a protected sort of way. Sure. They should know how to do it safely. They should know to use lube. Uh -huh. um, they're already doing a lot of this stuff. Some people are. Therefore, let's make sure they have good information. At no point, by the way, this article is online. At no point does it say, hey, kids, go out and do this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. more like, hey, people are talking about this. Uh -huh. We know you're probably seeing it online and stuff. Sure. So let us give you good medical information about this. Okay. That's the point of the article. If you don't want to read it, don't read it. But it's not like a, a prosodomy, whatever you want mm -hmm. to call it, article. Okay. <laughs> so here's Elizabeth Johnson, the activist mommy. She puts out a video going ape over this thing she takes a copy of teen vogue in this video oh, and like it. rips it up yeah. and burns it Atta yes girl. of course because there are no other copies of teen vogue <laughs> and surely there will be riots in other countries over the burning mm -hmm. of teen vogue mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it's okay the, the funny thing about this is when she thinks the burning is going to have an effect on people who like the article and teen vogue yeah like do what you want I mean, go go buy many copies of Teen Vogue and burn them. Yeah. I'm sure Teen Vogue will be furious about that. <laughs> like, it's not the Quran where it's a holy book. It's an article that's online, unless you're burning every laptop in sight. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I do think that, like, the burning thing is very... Like, I feel like any time, like, a music artist <laughs> says something, people like to burn their shit. Like, it's very yeah. symbolic, and it, I'm sure it's it symbolic. feels very satisfying yeah. to do. If not a little silly to watch. Yes. And I guess the bigger question is, what the hell is she so mad about? But, I mean, isn't it a pattern in conservative slash Christian culture that, like, if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist? Yeah. And, and then I think that's, like, on the one hand, I get why she's like, oh, maybe we don't need this. Mm -hmm. But I... I swear to fucking God, the easiest thing to do in the world is not read a thing. Like, I don't read <laughs> things every day. I'm so good at it. Um... But this idea of like to put just to acknowledge that something exists is a an endorsement and be like encouraging people. Like, I know telling kids don't read this is the yeah. best way to get them yeah, to read exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And if she has ten kids, I'm guessing the oldest one's not 
10. Right. Like, it's probably older, which makes me think that kid probably has at least heard about it. Right. And again, the whole point of the article was, let's give you good medical information. It's like comprehensive sex education. Yeah. You should know what you're gonna get into, and if you choose not to do it, fine. that's fine. Yeah, no one's saying you have to, but if you do it... But Take I, precautions. Do it, like, in a healthy sort of way. Isn't it funny? By the way, part of that article also said, hey, guess what? Maybe the person you're with isn't into it. Yeah. And that's fine, too. Yeah. Like, all right. Um, I always find it funny to think about the things that the right, like, conservative bloggers get outraged by versus, like, what we tend to get outraged by. <laughs> like, we're like, oh, no. Our, the foundation of our democracy is crumbling. And they're like, ah, fries in a rainbow cup. Ah. Like, <laughs> it just, it's... Yeah, it there's speaks, an article in Teen Vogue. Yeah, it speaks so <laughs> heavily to, like, the level of privilege that they're living in. That, like, the fact that every single thing doesn't line up exactly how they wish the world would function is, like, enough to riot and burn shit to the ground. And, like, I'm sure these are the same people who think, like, black people are thugs when they march for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, they're getting murdered. Um, yeah. You're mad that anal sex exists. I'm not right. sure what to tell you about that. Right. And I'm sure part of that is homophobia as uh, well. Yeah. And by the way, as many, many people noted, uh, you know, if you have 10 kids, you might want to read this article. <laughs> it's not the worst thing then, oh, maybe. Honey. Um, and also people were quick to point out, you know, uh, there's a Garfunkel and Oates song about this because mm-hmm. the joke is a lot of Christian teens are told be abstinent yeah. until marriage. Yep, yep, so yep, yep. in order to live by that law, they find alternative ways to have sex. You know what God and so, loves again, is little workarounds. Yeah. He loves technicalities. <laughs> and of all the things they might want to learn something about, like, uh. you know, don't, don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Th- I mean, so, that is whatever. not, yeah. It's no. a weird thing to be mad about. Uh, it, but of course, this video that she posted on Facebook uh-huh. has seen, I mean, I think it's only been for a few days. It's we're well over three million views. And uh, many, I, there was another guy, Matt Walsh, who's a conservative Christian oh, uh, Matt. writer. Matt Walsh. He also was is uh, the pits. Uh, tweeting about the article saying it's the worst He's thing He's one of those guys ever. that macar- masquerades as like a reasonable dude, bro. He's not a reasonable dude, bro. He's kind of the pits. Yeah. So, all right, all right, Christian mother, mad about Teen Vogue. Uh, here's a more serious issue I wanted to bring up. Okay. Um, okay, there is a, uh, I wasn't familiar with this guy because I don't live in the conservative Christian world. But you don't? No, I know. Um, but other, apparently a lot of Christians know who Eugene Peterson is. He translated a version of the Bible I think his big thing is, it's called The Message, is his book series. He translated the Bible into, like, readable English and tried to make it more accessible to people. That's been done. It's been done. I think he did it in a way that uh, he comes from a theological background. It's not, like, random person putting it, paraphrasing it. Uh It's someone doing it with the theological thing, where churches and church leaders are like, this is actually good, and you should read this. Oh, okay. So, so this it's not guy like has the extreme teen Bible. Yeah, no. <laughs> this guy has a lot of cachet in okay. the conservative Christian world. So he's older. He, I think, he just published, uh, like, quote unquote, his last book, and so he's making the media rounds. Mm-hmm. And so one of the people who interviewed him was Religion News Services' Jonathan Merritt, who is also a Christian uh, writer, and he does a lot of articles about the Christian world. So in their interview, he basically asked. Uh, Eugene Peterson, what he thinks about some of the changes happening in the Christian world. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read some of what he said. Has your view on homosexuality and same-sex marriage, has that changed over the years? What is your position on the morality of same-sex relationships? Mm -hmm. Um, What Peterson said is, I I haven't had a lot of experience with it. I've been in churches when I was an associate pastor where there were several women who were lesbians. They didn't make a big deal about it. I'd go and visit them. It never came up. They They, didn't make a big deal. But but they just assumed they were as Christian as everybody else in the church. I wouldn't have said this 20 years ago, and this is where it gets interesting, but now I know a lot of people who are gay and lesbian, and they seem to have as good a spiritual life as I do. I think that kind of debate about lesbians and gays might be over. People who disapprove of it, they'll probably go to another church, so we're in a transition, and I think it's a transition for the best, for the good. He went on to say it's not a right thing or a wrong thing. We could disagree about that, but whatever. Mm -hmm. He's basically saying it's not a big deal for me. And then uh, Merritt followed up with a question, If you were pastoring today and a gay couple in your church who were Christians of good faith, 
asked you to perform their same-sex wedding ceremony, is it something you would do? Mm-hmm. And Peterson gave a one-word answer. Yes. Cool. Yeah, so that's Good interesting. For Good for him, right? Tell uh, me that's the end of the story. Of Move course on. that's not the end of the story. But uh, <laughs> Next story. first of all, when this came out, yeah. uh, when this story came out, this is Friday when we're recording this, I think it came out on a Wednesday, this was a pretty big deal because this isn't a guy known for being a liberal, sure. you know, Christian who suddenly is supporting same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. He is pretty much known among conservative evangelicals. He has respect in that world. Mm-hmm. And so for this guy to say, Meh, not a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll officiate the wedding if anyone ever asked me. That's a huge change. Yeah. And I know it's like baby steps for us, but that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the backlash was fierce. And the biggest form of backlash is within, like, I think this uh, was on the website at, like, 10 a.m. By that night, Lifeway Christian Stores, which is the biggest Christian bookseller in the country, Mm -hmm. uh, they said, all right, we're going to not sell any of your books. seriously? None of them. Because uh, they said, quote, they only stock authors who adhere to, quote, the biblical view of marriage, which, you know. If Donald Trump is any indication, that's one man and as many women as he wants one after another. But that's what Lifeway said. We're not selling your books then, if that's the case. And by the way, Lifeway has done this before. They've done it to women bloggers who happen to be uh, more liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out books and they're like, well, you're a heretic. We're not, we're not publishing your books either. But, okay, so this happens... Within. So guess what Peterson does? What would a what would an awesome person do? Stands his ground, right? Of he stands course, his ground. he stands his ground. What does? does Peterson do? No, haven't. Come on, he was one of the good ones for like three minutes. For three, yeah. Uh, he issued a clarification oh. the next day, uh, and he basically said to clarify. I affirm a biblical view of marriage, one man to one woman. I affirm a biblical view of everything. Oh, by the way, he added, I've never performed a same-sex wedding, which we knew. I've never been asked. And frankly, I hope I never am asked. All right, dickbag. Who wants you to perform their fucking marriage anyway? (laughs) That was exactly my thought. Um, That whole reaction just reeks of gay people still don't deserve equal rights under the law. Uh Also, please, please, please buy my books. Don't forget my books. Well, and it's such an easy thing to throw under the bus, right? Of like, he took... While it was small, it was a significant step forward. Yeah. And the second he got the tiniest <laughs> bit of backlash, he's like, no, no, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. No, no, yeah. no, I hate gay people. They're gross. Yeah, it wasn't like he took this leap of courage and yeah. said, I affirm marriage equality. He just basically said, eh, it doesn't what bug me all that much. That's what he was walking back from, which means he wasn't clarifying anything with this statement. No, he wasn't. He was he backtracking. Was yeah, it's just, oh, that's so frustrating. And it's frustrating that... This is what modern Christianity is like yeah, now. I just don't understand why this is still the hell they're willing to die in. They've yeah. lost the fight. Right. I mean, in no uncertain terms, they've lost the fight, both in just Even pop- among like younger Christians, opinion. younger yeah. evangelicals, yeah. they've lost the fight. Popular opinion in law, and yeah, in their own sect, it's getting less, less acceptable to be homophobic. I just don't get why this is the hell they're willing. And again, and I, I know I've said this before, but the... The thing that they, the weird shit that Christians choose to like emphasize is baffling to me. The gay thing and the abortion thing are the two things that, like, those are the hills they're going to die on. Even though the Bible, I think, says nothing about abortion and has like one or two little clips in there that vaguely allude to like, men having sex or something. Right. Do you think this guy's saying, I'm not going to perform a wedding for people who are greedy, people who are gluttons, whatever. No, he would never who don't give back to their community. Or, or if we want to do this thing that we always do, like wear fabric made out of multiple (laughs) threads or whatever, or shelf it. Like, I just, I don't fucking get it. And I'm tired of it. I'm frankly tired of having this conversation week after week of like, you guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not helping any... As one person commented, I hate it when I forget what I hate. (laughs) That's pretty good. I mean, it's just frustrating that... uh, And again, the story wasn't even that he kind of tepidly supported marriage equality. It's that he ran the hell in the other direction the second people said, wait, you said what? What What a fucking coward. Oh, my God. What a fucking coward. You know what? Like, yeah, I get it that you might have lost... You would have lost money to this, but... 
what would Jesus have done? <laughs> what By would the way, Jesus have done? No one's buying this stuff at bookstores. It'll be on Amazon whether you say it or not. And, and they'll buy it if they want to buy it. Like, you're not... Like, uh, uh, by the way, this is not a new book. It's been out for a while, which means the people who really want to read it, have like, already read they've it. read it. Yeah, oh, you're not going to lose people over this. And Lifeway, they're not going to burn guys. it next to Teen Vogue. Like Lifeway, Lifeway is at the, Lifeway. the store. There, there's one near where my parents lived in the city a while ago. I always want to go in. I never did. I didn't want to go in that bad. But they're at, they have the absolute right to stock whatever they want and not stock whatever they want. God damn, get with the fucking time. I know. What are you, what are you, like your base is necessarily shrinking because young <laughs> people are not homophobic and old people who are homophobic are dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird, weird situation and it's not going away because no. the fact that he ran away means this is fodder to talk about for a while uh, and it will be. So it's just, it's a ridiculous story. Uh, speaking of, uh, people on that side of the fence. So Pat <laughs> oh, Robertson... Like all we do in uh, this podcast. <laughs> uh, Pat Robertson interviewed Donald Trump. Um, How did this escape me? Yo, yeah. I have been so good. I have kept my head buried, but Nicely good. done. No, uh, he, Donald Trump hasn't done any real interviews in months. He kind of did a press interview when he was in Paris uh, over the past couple of days. But even then, it was like one American reporter was allowed to oh, ask one question. Oh, is this the question. laying out of hands thing? Uh, that was separate, actually. Oh. Yeah, there were a bunch of Christians who leaned and prayed for Trump, and there was a picture taken. That was a separate issue. It was just the back of his dumb head with <laughs> straw hair. Yup. Um, so in this case, Pat Robertson, 700 Club, and mm-hmm. the Christian Broadcasting What Network. does 700 Club mean? Uh, is, it, uh, shit, is it another, like, it's number of people who something. can get into... No, that's... It's not that. It's something that's else. Mormons, I need to look it up. It's been a while. I knew this at once. Is that Mormons or is that Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Shit. 144,000, yeah. Uh, 12 times 12, it's as high as I could count, oh. it's 12. So Pat That's Robertson, my theory, by the way. <laughs> Pat Robertson says, I want to interview you. Donald Trump says, I'm not, uh, like, I can do Sean Hannity and I can do Pat Robertson. You can ask me questions. Because I'm not, Trump's not going to get real questions from these people. No. So, I mean, here's the thing. If... If you're a reporter, this is even you get 30 minutes with Donald Trump. That's a big opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even today I saw online like Kellyanne Conway, the the you know who she is. She was <laughs> saying like everyone wants to talk about Russia. No one wants to talk about health care to <gasps> which Chris Hayes of MSNBC is like, hey, you give me Donald Trump for an hour. I would love to do an episode just on health care. Yeah. But Trump won't answer tough questions. He doesn't know. Stuff. I would argue he doesn't answer <laughs> questions in general. He uses them as a jumping off point for whatever <laughs> rant he has in his sure. little, little noggin. So here's Pat Robertson. You get 30 minutes with the president. And of course, nothing newsworthy happens. He doesn't ask any real questions that are difficult. Uh, Trump says whatever he's going to say, and Pat Robertson doesn't interrupt him. There are no questions about the collusion with Russia. There's nothing about... What does he even ask about? Uh, you know what's weird? Uh, he has some basic things about the presidency, things like that. They talked about, you know, uh, religious liberty and all, you know, what will Christians be able to do? Um, which Nothing, is the guys. same stuff as before. Nothing, guys. Under- hey, Christians, <laughs> we're taking away your Christianity. Yeah, you will get to do everything you got to you do under Obama. You heard it here first, y'all. Um, but instead, you know what was interesting? 30 minutes with Pat Robertson. Nothing. Pat Robertson never even asked. He didn't ask questions about stuff actually happening in the news. That doesn't surprise me. He didn't even ask about Donald Trump's religion. His faith. I'm sorry, you're surprised by that? Yeah. Because I'll tell you right, goddamn now, Pat Robinson is in the loop, and he knows that Donald Trump can't answer shit about shit because he's not religious. But when it's the Christian Broadcasting Network, you would think they would spend a little time saying, tell me about your journey to God. Because of you don't, I, we don't actually know I that think, much about Donald Trump's supposed, you know, his conversion. I don't think that... I think that... Pat Robertson completely understands what Trump is going after, and that is Pat Robertson's audience, but without doing any of the fucking homework that he needs to do yeah. to speak eloquently. So, or or speak, period, because Lord knows he's not eloquent about anything. No, he 100% understands that there's nothing Donald Trump is going to say that, may, that will convince anybody any further that he is actually a Christian, which we all know he's fucking not. But even the lip service to that was yep. surprising to me because Donald Trump has spoken at Liberty, which is not Pat Robertson's school, but he's talked, at least when he speaks there, he's like, 
he will make biblical references. He will yeah, do all these things. You're right. He didn't the even performative bother. Aspect of yeah, it. he didn't even perform, and Pat Robertson didn't hold him to it, which is weird. Yeah, for, I guess that is weird. That's a little weird. Um, and by the way, this is Pat Robertson who has said of Trump, Trump is God's man for the job. He has called criticism of Trump satanic. He has told Christians to pray for Trump to protect him from witches. And even when Trump bragged about sexual assault on the Access Hollywood bus, Pat Robertson said he was just being macho. Pat Robertson is roughly the equivalent of if somebody gave everyone's racist grandpa a TV show. Which I would watch for a little while. No, that seems entertaining for a little bit. Don't encourage that. Just not to this guy. Oh. He, I just, they're fucking spineless. They're spineless. They, they, time and time again, it's proven that they care nothing about their power and their money. And mm. I know that's not that, surprising. That they only care about their. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't understand how anybody falls for this bullshit anymore. They're you old. Know pa- They're old. A lot of people are old. <laughs> a lot of people are old and aren't. You know what I've never heard? I've never heard a 23 year old Christian uh-huh. say he, she watches Pat Robertson's show. That is no, strictly right. for someone like 93 year older. <laughs> um, did you hear about this story uh, that in the UK they had the quote, first gay Muslim marriage. Cause I saw this article all okay. over the no, place. I haven't heard that. And the story is a uh, young man who is Muslim mm-hmm. married a white guy. Fine. Uh, so they're gay and they, their wedding was done. They're both wearing, if you see the pictures and video, traditional Muslim garb for oh. a wedding. And the idea here, because all the stories seem to be like, look at this wonderful cross-cultural uh-huh. thing. And the brown guy was saying, look, I can be gay and Muslim, and uh-huh. this is a beautiful thing. And the white guy in the couple was like, yeah, this is like, I'm glad we can bring this all together. And uh-huh. it was supposed to be a heartwarming story. Um, what? And then I saw the video of their wedding. Oh, no. And I'm watching this video, and here's the thing. It, uh, do you ever see My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Uh, yeah. All right. There's a scene where they actually have the wedding and one side is the not Greek guy and Uh, has like two rows of people. Then uh you have the Greek bride, Greek bride's side of the wedding and the whole back thing Uh is full. Um, That's what this looked like, except it was all the white guy's family (gasps) who was in this little, I don't know if it was a church or somewhere else, but uh, it wasn't at a mosque. Oh. I mean, it was, it, it almost looked like a nice courtroom or something. It's pretty bland. <laughs> okay. But it's only, it looks like the white guy's family that is there to watch this. The guy's family, the Muslim guy's family, was clearly not in the audience. Uh-huh. Um, as far as I could tell, they weren't, like, reading excerpts from the Quran. Uh-huh. Like, other than what they were wearing. There's no indication this was a Muslim wedding. Mm -hmm. And again, let's get this out of the way. Good for them. I hope they're happy. None of that bothers me. And if you want to do this cultural, cross-cultural wedding thing, cool, cool, more power to you. What bothers me is this, uh, the guy, Jahed Chowdhury, who is the Muslim guy in this relationship, he's 24. He kept saying, uh, he, I'm going to quote him here. I'd not, uh, he met his uh, husband. He basically said, uh, he wanted to have this wedding to show the whole world that you can be gay and Muslim. Okay. Okay. But guess what? The family's not there because they've basically disowned you. Well, you can be gay and Muslim, <laughs> but you won't necessarily be supported by the Muslim community. Yeah, there's no one supporting this guy, basically. I, I would argue there's nobody saying you can't be gay and Muslim, just like nobody really says you can be gay and you can't be gay and Christian. It's just the question is like, does Are you the church or does, you know, does Islam accept that or accept you? Right. And that's the thing. Like, if you want, if let's back off for a little bit. If you were a gay Christian, yeah, it's not weird for you to have a wedding and even mm-hmm. read certain Bible passages or whatever. But the bigger question is, is your church, like an evangelical church, going to support you? No. Right. Is a pastor going to officiate that wedding who is a you know, some of these Christian pastors? There are some who will do it, but they're usually not part of the larger denominations. Right. Uh, so what does it really mean to be gay and Christian? It means you're gay and you're, you've interpreted certain Bible verses to mean a certain thing. Mm-hmm. There is no, uh, what I have not heard in this story is how this young man reconciles his being gay and his faith, because mm-hmm. I don't know how you get there. 
And this wedding, which is supposed to be this Muslim wedding, there, other than what they're wearing, there is no indication that Islam has anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So what makes it a Muslim wedding? I mean, if anything, he's showing you can't be gay and Muslim yeah. unless you want to disown, like, unless you he want disowned. nothing to do with your family. Mm-hmm. And Islam doesn't actually play a heavy role in the wedding. So it, I mean, what... I, I'm really curious, and I have not seen this anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to know what his Islam means to him. Like, right. what does that mean when you say you're Muslim? Are you just culturally Muslim? Mm-hmm. Like, you grew up in the faith, you like some of the traditions, but you're not following the letter of the religious law. Because sure. I know a lot of religious people like that. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, I don't know what he's going for. But this I, this was not a heartwarming story in Anyway, yeah, and again, like good, good for these two guys for finding each other. But like, I mean, it always bums me out when I see weddings where like the family—that's oh, not true. Some people don't want anything to do with their families, but like when the family clearly is not supportive of what's going on, it's like you at least show up and sit I know. in the, sit in the I don't just know. sit down. You don't have to I mean, do it, anything. God, that shit bums me out. Yeah. That, like it feels very much like somebody going back to a bad relationship of. You want so badly for it to work and you want to be part of, you know, part of the Muslim faith so badly and they don't want you. Yeah. You know, same with a lot of Christians who really want to be Catholic and gay or Mormon and gay. I think the best analog to this is probably being gay and Catholic because, yeah, you can be gay and Catholic, but the church will not support your wedding in any meaningful way you're not going to have that wedding inside of a church no catholic priest is going to officiate that wedding Mm -hmm. and like they're fine with you being gay but if you get married and actually have a relationship and you don't like you're not totally ashamed of it right like no they want nothing to do with you like it's some shortcoming of your humanity or something like that yeah uh let me ask you okay different story Uh, let me ask you this question uh, why do bad, if you are a Christian, uh-huh. why does God allow suffering? What sort of answers have you heard before Ooh. for why religious people say God lets bad things happen to good people? Um, so usually, usually it gets brushed off real quick. Um, but I feel like it's usually like everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. that suffering is going to galvanize you or your faith or your relationship. Like some positive is going to come out of it. Um, Maybe you really aren't such a good person. (laughs) (laughs) We're all sinners, so things are going to happen. We have free will, I've also heard. Oh, sure. Therefore, you know, God made the world perfect, but then, you know, Eve ate an apple. Us humans. You know, we're all all sinners. We screwed it up. Okay. Remember Pastor Greg Locke? He's that guy who said, hey, don't support Planned Parenthood. And, uh, but then someone made a donation to Planned Parenthood in his name. Uh And so he got a thank you card and he was pissed off. That guy. He made a video Uh where he was trying to answer the question of why God would allow suffering. Uh And so he told a story to explain this. Uh, And the story was, this is his like best argument for why God allows suffering. Like he had time to like ruminate on this. Yeah, he chose this story. (laughs) This wasn't an off the cuff thing. And the story he said is he was, I think, in Africa with a friend. They were doing, I don't know if it was a mission trip or just on a crusade. Like, they were preaching there. They had Bibles in the area written in Africa. So they're, I think, maybe in a lounge at some point, getting drinks, whatever you do with your religious friends. Mm -hmm. And he was saying some guy tripped over his buddy's legs, spilled his coffee, and then this other guy started apologizing, to which his friend Bobby says... Hey, man, no big deal, no problem, says Greg Locke's religious friend. Okay, fine, good. They're all, it's not a big deal. The man who tripped and fell and spilled his coffee Uh and this minister friend, they Uh start a conversation after this. And they, you know, they're like, oh, what are you doing here, I guess? You know, oh, you're here to spread the gospel. Okay. Turns out the coffee spiller guy is an atheist. And so they get into a debate. This is not a real story. (laughs) Well... When uh, I'm going to quote Locke, Pastor Locke here. When it was all said and done, about 45 minutes had gone by. The atheist stood up and, in anger and frustration, he shook his finger at Bobby. Oh, I should back up for a second. Bobby uh, has cerebral palsy. Um, his friend, his minister friend okay. has cerebral palsy. And so, okay, 
uh, this atheist stands up in anger and frustration, shakes his finger at Bobby, and he said, if your God is so real, why do you have those braces on your leg? Tell me that, sir. He said, sir, apparently in this story. And Bobby, the cerebral palsy minister, sat back in his chair and very calmly said, so that you could trip over my legs, ask me that very question, and we could have this conversation. Locke went on to say, you see, ladies and gentlemen, God reveals himself in some of the most unbelievable ways. All you have to do is pay attention. So if we may paraphrase here, why did God give his minister friend cerebral palsy? So in 40 years, somebody could trip on him? Yup. And he could lose an argument about religion. That's exactly it. Man, God does work in mysterious ways. Dude, God's a dick. That fucking sucks that's the worst argument i've ever heard for why god every moment of that story (laughs) there wasn't a part of that story that didn't make me actively unhappy god gave you an incurable disease so that you could have a 45 minute conversation with an atheist who's clearly not convinced by the end of it who shook his finger at him he shook his finger oh my goodness like first of all what atheist is waiting 45 minutes to ask that question that's like minute three sort of question. Ooh, I would never ask that question. Are you well, kidding? yeah, it's also an awkward question to ask. Like, it's, it's a dickbag question to yeah. ask. Uh, and what angry atheist jumps out of his seat says this question with the word sir at the end. I don't buy that either. Um, <laughs> you find weird <laughs> exception with this story. <laughs> uh, my exception to the story is it never happened. <laughs> I, I, what's Greg Locke's next video going to be? Hey, kids, why did 9-11 happen? It's so you would share this video on Facebook. Like, oh, that makes no. as much sense oh, no. as this story. <laughs> but that's... Um, oh, my goodness. So that's awful. One person uh, had a longer version of this comment. Uh, he had a longer version of this conversation in the comment thread. Uh, hey, Bob. Oh, hi, God. Bob, I want you to be my witness on Earth. Wow, thanks, God. So I'm going to give you palsy. What? Because one day an atheist will trip over your legs and ask you why I let you that happen to you, and I want you to be my witness. Well, that's nice, but isn't there a way I could be a witness to him without a serious debilitating permanent disease? <laughs> uh, I'm not following you. I mean, couldn't you give me a rod that turns into a snake or parts oceans, or couldn't you appear to that atheist <laughs> and say, hey, I exist? Yeah, I could, but oh, would you look at the time? Enjoy that palsy. Oh, God. Like, that's what this story is. No, it really, it, just the bending over backwards that people are willing to do to, like, retrofit bad things that happen. Because, like, oh, I got in a car accident three years ago, and now I have a new car. And, like, it's just, (laughs) it's all fucking garbage. Yeah, you not everything deserves an explanation, and not everything has a good explanation. Yeah, a lot of shitty things happen pretty fucking frequently. Yes, and if so, I mean, I guess it could be worse than palsy, but like if someone dies, it doesn't mean there has to be a long-term good explanation for that. Sometimes that stuff happens and you have to deal with and it, I have to think and it is sad, but like it doesn't mean God has a plan for you I, that involves someone's horrible death. I have to think that that has to be a, a really exhausting way to live your life. Is trying to, to find explanations for everything. Trying to find explanations for everything and sort of not allowing yourself to be sad when bad things happen, which I'm sure they do, but this sort of like, oh, you know, my dad had cancer a few years ago and like I was sad about it. It was a bad thing for him to go through and it was hard on my family. Like if I had to sit there and think, oh, well, this is really good because it's bringing my family. Like, I, I would have made myself just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, managed, I don't know, it just... It's a lot to deal with. It is. I think we covered a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, uh, there was a man who whose brother or brother-in-law died and they were all praying for resurrection. Oh, no. It's the same sort of thing. It's like, no, yeah, it, appreciate his awful. life and his legacy. Don't act like this is part of something bigger. Um, okay, let's move on to something totally different. Um, here is an actual good news story. Yay. Uh, this one has to do with... Uh, a few years ago, there was a Supreme Court case, Greece v. Galloway. And the argument here is who should be able, if your city council has an invocation prayer and they invite people to say them, Mm -hmm. can they basically just limit it to Christians? And uh, an atheist, and I think a Jewish woman, they said, well, we want to deliver this invocation too. And basically they were blacklisted more or less. This went to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court says invocations are okay, 
but they have to be open and accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. You can't like just say it's only for churches or only for one group or another. Right. So that's what the law has been for a few years. And the amazing thing is I thought that was a bad thing when it happened because the atheists lost. They wanted to get rid of the invocations. Uh The court said, no, we can keep the invocations, but open everybody. And since then, we've seen atheists delivering invocations. Mm -hmm. We've seen Satanists doing it. We've seen some hilarious ones and we've seen some very good positive good for everybody sort of ones too so uh there is a place rowan county north carolina where they don't let they don't ask local religious or non-religious leaders to give the invocations Mm -hmm. they let the elected officials deliver the invocation okay and wouldn't you know it they're all Christians. You don't say. And all of their prayers, I think like 99% of them were always Christian sectarian prayers. Mm -hmm. And no one else gets a chance to say anything. And so this is clearly government establishment of religion. This ought to be illegal. And their argument was, well, the Supreme Court says we can give an invocation. Like, and by the way, it's not closed off to atheists. Uh If you're elected then you can get up on this dais and you could deliver whatever you want. So this case has been in the court legal system for years, a couple of years now. And initially, the first judge who came across it, uh, he basically said, you guys are full of shit (laughs) to the commissioners. Like, there's no way this is not discriminating. Yeah. Um, That he said, quote, that someday a believer in a minority faith could be elected does not remedy that, (laughs) uh, that until then minority faiths have no way of being recognized. Uh, Basically saying that, no, no, you got to let everyone do it or you got to stop this somehow. Why are those so important to them? That's the thing I don't understand. It's not like they can't just pray in their heads or beforehand or whatever. So this was appealed by the city, Mm -hmm. by the county rather. Um, And you know what? The surprising thing is last July in 2016, they appealed this case. The appeals court said two to one. Yep, commissioners win. They can have their sectarian prayers hmm. um, because that doesn't violate separation of church and state. It really made no sense yeah, at that all. Yeah, doesn't seem right. And so the question is, what's your legal option at that point? Mm-hmm. And the ACLU said, we're going to ask uh, the 15-judge entire Fourth Circuit to review this case again because they got assigned a random three-judge panel, they said no. You can say, hey, we want the whole court to look at it. And they don't always say yes, but they right. said yes to this. Okay. So they heard this case. And today, as we're saying this podcast, they finally issued their ruling. And they said those three judges who make up our 15, mm-hmm. full of shit, <laughs> they said 10 to 5. Wow. Yeah, this is totally unconstitutional what they're doing. Uh-huh. And so the amazing thing here is, yay, victory for mm-hmm. church state separation and the ACLU. The only option that is left is for the commission to appeal to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And that's not totally out of the question, but the Supreme Court doesn't take a lot of cases. So who knows? But for now, this basically says commissioners themselves cannot deliver the invocation speeches. What I'm trying to figure out, and I don't have the answer to this yet, is whether commissioners can ever deliver it. Like if they figured out a system for uh, commissioners to rotate or for commissioners and the public to deliver invocations, would that be legal? I'm not sure. It seems overly complicated that like, oh, okay, now we have to make sure we have whatever we deem as as an acceptable acceptable ratio Mm -hmm. of Christian to non-Christian. It's just, can we just not maybe pray before town hall meetings? Like, that feels like a super easy solution for everyone. But the Supreme Court said, nope, you can have invocations. You just have to open them up to everybody. This clearly was not open to everybody. So if they want to do anything in Rowan County, they're going to have to make it open to atheists in the community. They have to make it up to Satanists. They got to deal with that. So This is all stupid. It really is, but at least it's a victory for church separation yeah, no. because had, they, had atheists lost this one, yeah. had the Christian side won, Basically, every city, county, council in the country could say, all right, we're just going to limit invocations to whoever's elected. Oh, surprise, they're all Christians. Can't believe it. Boom. Uh, So this is a huge, huge victory. This is all... I mean, no, I'm not trying to take away from, like, the fact that we got a victory here, 
But like, I cannot think of anything more low stakes than, oh, we want to pray before our will. Like, just don't. Just like fucking don't. Yeah. Why can't that? you do it on the drive to the place? Or, or do like, you have to do it in public, which totally goes against what the Bible so says? It's so performative. Yeah. I find that exhausting. You're putting like, on it's a show. so performative and like, oh, see, I'm really Christian. Like, yeah. no. No, it doesn't fucking. Ugh. I hate it. I hate every second of it. Yes. Speaking of hate. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, the Denver Post had this article last uh, week, which is bananas. Uh, the flat Earth movement is growing. Why? There are, there are. Obviously, they're writing from Denver, but uh, groups have spawned in Boston, New York, Houston, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and wait for it, Chicago. <gasps> let's go to one. Let's go to one. Let's go to one. Let's go to one. I'll look into it. Yes. Um, <laughs> there are flat Earth groups. And this reporter, Graham Ambrose, he like went to the Denver one trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. Uh-huh. Um, trying to figure out why. Why is this growing of all the things? Um, and he quoted one guy saying like, well, I started as everyone else saying, oh, I'll just prove the earth is round. Nine months later, I was staring at my computer thinking, I can't prove the globe anymore. <laughs> like, oh my God, these people. What? But there's many of them. This isn't on one what dude. Fucking grounds? Can he not prove that there's a gl- like? Can I just yeah, no, show he him pictures from <laughs> space? It's a conspiracy. Those Why? pictures are all doctored. Why? Obviously, what I, here's what I always ask. Yeah. So, like, listen, I am game for a good conspiracy theory. <laughs> I believe in few of them, but I will hear most of them because I like them. What you always have to ask yourself is like, to what end? To what end is? The entire globe conspiring against you half dozen crazy people across the United <laughs> States. But it's more. But like how many more I don't know. But it's not like But one like to dude. what end? Like yeah. what are what are the like what are we getting? What are we the round earth? Yeah. What do we get out of people? fooling them yeah. into thinking it's round? Uh to deceive them because we're trying to I don't know, Illuminati, I assume is part of the answer here. Um it's I think Ewan McGregor did a documentary of him riding a motorcycle around the world. I feel like I'm good with that. I think that's <laughs> right. all the evidence I need. Yeah. Have I you hand, been on I a plane? Some Scottishman. Like, I know if you look on Scotsman. the horizon, it looks flat. But if you fly... It doesn't. It looks less see flat. videos. I and mean, also, like, time zones. And yeah. like, like, there, look, there's no shortage of ways we know the Earth is a globe. Yeah, I guess if I started rattling off reasons that <laughs> I can prove You can it. do the math. We've known this for a long time. One argument I did see from a professor, I forgot where, a professor said, you know what? Good. He's glad the flat earth movement is expanding, should I say, expanding around the globe. Oh, come on. Across the globe. You're welcome. Because, he said, this is not like a uh, Obama's a secret Kenyan or a government conspiracy, like 9-11 was an inside job. This is one we... Uh, like a vast majority of people know that the earth is round. Uh-huh. So you know what he says? Maybe it's not a bad thing that this is a fringe movement that is on the rise because if you could show people like, look, there are people who believe things for stupid un evidence based yeah. reason. Um, maybe it's easier for people like us to make the case that, Hey, you know, those people who say vaccines are secretly bad for mm-hmm. you. It's the same bad illogical thinking. Right. So maybe if you could say, look, you make fun of the flat earth people, Mm -hmm. you should also make fun of the vaccine deniers and you should make fun of creationists. And because they are as irrational as the flat earthers. And so if you dismiss one, maybe it's easier for you to dismiss the other, which that's a good point. Um, I hope that's at least that's a positive spin. (laughs) I do. Yeah, no, I I think that is a really interesting point. I do worry that it's super easy to kind of other people like, yeah, I believe weird things, but I'm not that kind of crazy (laughs) conspiracy person. Like it's almost like saying, okay, well, I'm this way far side. There's flat earth people, but I'm just an anti-vaxxer. Like I'm one of the reasonable, (laughs) reasonable conspiracy theorists. Reasonable conspiracy theorists. Hey guys, get your, get your, get your vaccines. Please, please. Yes. So it'll, I don't know what we don't have are actual numbers on this. There may be groups everywhere. Do you think it's just like a weird conspiracy? Not a weird conspiracy. (laughs) That they exist. Yeah. Like this, (laughs) like it's one, it's sort of like the same thing as the whole Starbucks red cup. They're mad about it. How many people are actually mad about this? It was really just the one guy who was mad about it and ranting. Everyone's like, Oh, all people are thinking this thing. That's my, that's my running theory right now. So I have a conspiracy (laughs) theory about your conspiracy theory. This is like the Catholic league of geology. 
or <laughs> geography. My like it's one guy in jaunty. his basement getting yeah. mad about stuff. <laughs> and maybe he says we're going to have a meetup in Chicago and then we'll show up and it's literally us two and this guy who lives in a dungeon somewhere. <laughs> Do you um, believe in any conspiracy theories? I can't. I mean, I guess if I did, they wouldn't be called conspiracy theories. So I can't imagine I do, but I don't know which ones. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just um, listening to a podcast about um, the Oklahoma City bombing. Okay. I don't think Timothy McVeigh worked alone. Uh, That's my new. Interesting. That's my new Timothy. Oh, speaking of conspiracy, because I've seen this since we last spoke, that Amelia Earhart one has been shown to be a hoax because oh, the picture in question, I know, the picture in question was apparently taken two years before she disappeared. <laughs> so goodbye to that one. Uh, I know. Sorry, Amelia. I do like the idea that she just like lived out her years (laughs) in Japan for no specific reason. Like she wasn't captured. She's just like, no, I'm good here. I'm going to let everybody think I Here's what's scary about the flat earth thing, because I've posted about them a few times saying they have billboards. It's so easily provable. Well, yeah, that too. They've put they've put up billboards that cost a couple thousand dollars. They've Uh raised that money to put a billboard saying do research. (laughs) Like, yeah, we have. That's good advice. (laughs) Yes. Um, what's scary is at some point, one of the people who believes this conspiracy theory is going to be some rich person who can fund even more of this. And that's how these things grow. All it takes is one person with a lot of money to throw at this problem and they'll get the attention they want. And suddenly it'll become a thing. What's worst case scenario though? Um, worst case scenario is just, we realize there are way more dumb people out there than we realize. I would argue that the 2016 election would have really (laughs) shown that light pretty clearly on our particular country. When are they going to have influence over textbooks where they say, we got to teach the theory. We got to teach the controversy here. Um, whatever it happens. Good luck to you, Texas. (laughs) Oh, poor Texas. I know. Um, This seems to fall in line with this. There is a new study uh, by the Pew Research Center Uh that found that for the first time, a majority (laughs) of Republicans say higher education is bad for the country. Okay, I did see this, and I had a rage stroke and had to turn my computer off. Just to give you numbers, 58% of Republicans who are... Republican or lean Republican say colleges and universities have a negative effect on the way things are going in this country compared to 36% who said it's positive. Okay. Yeah. 58% of Republicans. I think there is an argument to be made that we as a country have put such a big emphasis on higher education that we've sort of washed out the market. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like these, these, you know, jobs that require a college degree. And do you really need it for this job? And there is a good so case to be made argument to be made that we don't value trade labor as much as we used yeah. to. And yeah, I will have that conversation. You can make day. the case for why college isn't the best thing for you. To, yeah. I doubt that's the reason a lot of these people. Yeah, would and, and absolutely. And you and I are around the same age and I don't know about you, but like for me, it wasn't a question of whether or not I went yeah. to college. It was where yeah, it was. There, it, that was not an option. Weren't you going to be a doctor for a minute? Shh. Oh, <laughs> no, Sorry, no, no, no. Release your I thought secret for a second, to our 12 listeners. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, yeah, no, I went to medical school for a year. I decided I don't want to do this for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And there was a long period of soul searching where I tried to figure out what the hell am I going to do with and my you life. you landed on Blogger. And I landed on Blogger. <laughs> um, um, but, but yeah, going to college was not a question. Was not a question. Um, and going to medical school was a question of where am I going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that, to an extent, wasn't really a question. I knew mm-hmm. where I was going to go. Yeah. So, uh, but and yeah, I could. And with college debt, if you asked me, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, if you asked me, how much was I influenced at college? Like, I I don't know that I could say college did a lot for me. I took classes. I'm sure I got better at knowing some subjects. Mm-hmm. It didn't. I didn't feel changed after college. Sure. Um, and yes, the debt's an issue too. Yeah, like, I for mean, a lot and, of people. and I I enjoyed my college experience, and it was really formulative and and but i was a fucking literature major with a minor in anthropology and an uncompleted minor in dance so like (laughs) i am the poster child for like a liberal bullshit arts degree (laughs) and again now i'm unemployed doing a podcast for twelve dollars a month it's excellent but you know what i mean like it's thank you supporters (laughs) we appreciate if you want to donate patreon.com slash friendly (laughs) but but so yeah i i would be willing to have that that um, question argument, about whether argument college about, is useful 
But and needed. What I'm hearing when they say college is what responsible for what did you? It's quote? making our country. It's a negative influence. That on is our country. We can all agree that's just code for more liberal, right? Yeah, okay. I, and I think I, if you're asking like why would they possibly say that, the argument from the conservative side is that colleges and universities are virtually all these bastions of liberal education, like liberal, literally liberal mm-hmm. education where conservatives don't get their viewpoints heard. Yeah. It is uh, indoctrinating them. Liberals don't want to hear opposing thoughts or speakers. So right. it's basically this haven for liberal indoctrination. That's the way a lot of Republicans are seeing it. I think that's what's feeding into this idea that universities are a bad thing for the country because they don't see it as a place where you get smarter, where you learn things, where your mind is open. See, I would say that there's also, there's obviously the anti-liberal thing, but there's also anti-intellectualism there that, you know, I value learning and knowing things and reading and discussing and, and broadening my worldview and being challenged on things that I believe. Um, and I think those things make me a relatively intellectual person and I want to have rational discussions about things and don't want to just sit in my, sit in my comfort zone and believe the same things my parents believed just because that's what I was taught. And that is a huge threat to people who are still very conservative in, in an increasingly liberal world. Yeah. And if you look at what's going on amongst conservatives, look at look at the news sources they thrive on, look at yeah. what's going on in politics. I mean, they thrive on misinformation and isolation. I saw recently, and give me a second yeah. to look it up, um, but there is a, uh, somebody, f- hold on. Yeah. Just pause while you're, while you're doing that, I mean, they thrive on misinformation and isolation. Yeah. And so this idea that, hey, you're going to be in this environment at a good university, you are taught to think critically. You are challenged. You are asked tough questions. You interact with people who are different from you, uh-huh. um, not just racially. You meet people who are of a different class from you. Right. You get to know them. I mean, you. it's hard to remain in an ideological bubble at a good school. And mm-hmm. they're not all good schools. But that's the that's kind of the ideal. And if you deal with that, if you see a lot of different types of people, it is really hard to live in this bubble that the conservatives, I think, want to live in. Right. And so, yeah, no wonder they're scared of colleges. No wonder they're scared of being exposed to tough questions and critical thinking. They can't handle the facts. They can't handle that reality um, because they thrive on these conspiracy theories. There's a reason Alex Jones works Mm -hmm. among Republicans, and there's a reason that uh, the conspiracy theories about whatever they said about Hillary Clinton, whatever this stuff... It thrives among the the Fox News crowd. Mm -hmm. And that same sort of misinformation does not get as much traction among Democrats on the other side. It just doesn't. And it's not that we're not, we don't have loons of our own. I'm pretty sure like the Gwyneth Paltrow crowd is liberal too. But well, in I mean, terms that's what of, we talked about with like anti-vaxxers. Eventually, if anything gets like liberal enough or conservative enough, yeah. it kind of meets in the middle yeah. of just like lands in distrust of the government, I guess. Yeah, there are liberal kooks out there. Yeah. But it doesn't take a hold of us as much as it does the other side. Yeah. I'm sure the three people who disagree will chime in. Thanks, but yeah, guys. it's, I don't know. By the way, that same study found that 85% of Republicans felt the national news media was bad for this country compared to 46% of Democrats who feel the same way. I mean, how do you dislike all the reporting that says, here's what's going on with our government right now, unless you're just, you want to avoid what yeah. the facts show? That, I mean, that's exactly what it is, right? Like, they don't want to hear the fact that, like, how much Trump has spent on golf trips or, like, how that money is being fed back into his personal brand. Any, they just don't want to hear yeah. it. Because there it, is sensationalism in some media outlets. Of course but, there like, is. if you know how journalism works right. at, like, top-quality newspapers, uh, you know that they go... They don't publish unless they know something, mm-hmm. unless they really do have those sources. And anytime they have <laughs> gone ahead with a story that they shouldn't have, it's been a huge deal of like, no, they shouldn't have reported on this thing. Yeah, they'll they apologize, their- CNN apologize for a story they shouldn't have published. Mm-hmm. When was the last time, you know, the conservative outlets apologized for stuff that's wrong? Literally never, probably. Yeah, so I mean, it's and- it's disturbing that they're, uh, that they're critical of college because college is a place where you're supposed to question right. things. Yeah, um, 
or at least they think college is a place where people are indoctrinated. That's not what a good college is. No, not at all. And I mean, what are they? What's the expression that like uh, facts tend to have a liberal bias? Yeah, so reality like, has a well-known yeah. liberal bias. Yeah, like says the, Colbert. The more you learn, generally, the more liberal a lot of people get because. It's impossible to craft a worldview out of the people that you have met personally and immediately. You know what I mean? Like, it could... It's really There's a reason the, the Republican health care bill right now is going through without public debate. They're trying to do it in secret. Yeah. Because if the facts are out, it's going to go against them. There's a reason they thrive on not telling people stuff right. and not reporting on stuff. Um, how many... Things we see in Fox News, like, what are they saying about all the stuff going on with the collusion and Russia? They're not reporting on it. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, I got one more for you. Okay. Uh, that's just funny, but it's Catholic, so what are you going to do? <laughs> um, a Catholic cardinal, mm-hmm. at, uh, at the request of Pope Francis, apparently, sent a letter condemning the use of gluten-free bread for Eucharist ceremonies. So if you want the communion wafer in your mouth, they used to have glu- they have gluten-free versions of communion wafers for people who can't deal with gluten. Maybe they have celiac disease, whatever. They have gluten-free versions of communion wafers. This cardinal said, nope, can't do that anymore. You got to have bread with gluten in it because I guess Jesus can't turn into a cracker unless there's gluten there for him. I don't understand the well, logic Well, everybody here. knows the body of Christ needs gluten to survive. Obviously. It's, it's the nutrients he gets. Hey, hey, Catholics. Hey, Catholics. It's me, Jessica, your friend. Um, You have some other shit you need to clean up, buddy. <laughs> this is your, the least of your priorities. Maybe, maybe you guys, instead of sending people to, like, argue about fucking crackers, <laughs> maybe you can, like, address the systemic abuse among your ranks that would or, be a better use of or time. something because listen guys your shit is not going great right now i literally just had a conversation with my catholic friend who she she and her boyfriend just saw um uh watch the keepers the do- the docu series i was talking about oh Netflix. Yeah, yeah have you watched that yet? that's the one with like a murder that happened a while ago yeah right? a, a nun was murdered and then these people were investigating and turns in it and it turns out and Hammett, you'll want to sit down for this there were some abuse allegations what? in a Catholic school. What? I know. But she, anyway, she was over at my house to watch a Bachelorette because I'm living a really <laughs> excellent life. And she was like, my boyfriend and I just watched The Keepers. And she was like, I think I need to leave Catholicism. <laughs> like, that was literally her. And, and Thank she's, you, Netflix. Yeah. And, and she, I've known her for a long time. She's d- devout Catholic. And she's yeah. like, this shit is bad. I was like, yeah, I know. The, the funny thing about this uh, gluten thing is that basically the, the Catholic Church is coming up with new ways to push people out of the church. Seriously? You would think, if anything, That's they would say, you would think they would say, hey, you know what? We have alternatives. If you can't eat the wafers, guess what? Now bacon is cool. <laughs> Jesus will turn into bacon. More of you can come in. You would think that's the... Dir- I don't know. That's that's the direction you would think they'd want to go in. Instead, they're saying, hey, if you can't deal with the communion wafers, get out. This Sunday, extreme wafers. <laughs> sour cream and cheddar flavor. Flavor blasted. Jesus turns into sour cream, and that would be... Yeah. I'll consider but it. But wait, didn't they... the The... Wine they drink isn't wine anymore, right? It's grape juice. Oh, no, it's still wine. Oh, is it still wine? Still Even wine. for, like, children? I believe so. That's Correct us weird. if we're wrong, people. Oh, they will. You don't have to remind I them. I know. Um, so I guess Jesus can't handle gluten-free. Got to have some gluten. What is that? God, uh, why? Just why? Just why and why? Just I don't... Got to find reasons to... I, I might leave. I'm so confused by organized religion almost all the time. And sometimes I think I'm being too hard because I know it brings a lot of joy to a lot of people. And then some <laughs> garbage like this comes to light. And I'm like, what are you talking about right now? You were, why? Just why? Hey, Catholics, why? <laughs> why though? Though, why? I don't get There's no, they, they it. Don't, it. They don't have to do this, by the way. They're just choosing to make this restriction. I don't get why they would do that because it seems to go against... Uh, it would, it's bad marketing for Catholics, <laughs> but they're doing it anyway. Um, did uh, I tell you I recently learned... This is a sidebar, but I recently learned why possible... And this might be apocryphal, but why uh, Catholic priests aren't allowed to have sex. Why? 
apparently it's because they wanted to make sure that like being an official in the church didn't become a dynasty. So like, oh, I was Pope, so my son is going to be Pope. Yeah. And so for some reason, the easiest conclusion to that was like, well, don't have sex with anybody. <laughs> that, that feels like they'll nip that in the bud. I don't know if that's true. If it's not true, you guys can let me go. No, I actually do want to know about that one. You can feel so friendly at these <laughs> Get podcasts. Get back to us, Flat Earthers. You're sitting by the computer anyway. Oh, yeah. You know you are. Do you think... <sighs> I always think about the delineation of like conspiracy theorists and atheists and how many people like cross that line and there are atheists who believe stupid things no of course because just being atheist doesn't mean you're a critical thinker or or a skeptic or whatever and often people say skeptic that they are skeptics but gwyneth paltrow today her team this week uh the goop team released a statement basically lashing out at the scientists who uh basically criticize all the stuff they do bullying her with their facts yeah they lashed out and basically said, all we're doing is asking questions. Oh, we're, suck my like, dick. Not every question is a good question. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm, a lot of questions are I, really I know this bad. has been bad. said many times, but you, don't be so open-minded that your brain falls out. Right. Ask good questions. Just because well, ask you're, questions. Just because you're challenging common wisdom doesn't mean you're smart. And <laughs> ask questions sincerely. Like, asking rhetorical questions or, like, gotcha questions is <laughs> stupid. And I'm tired of it, Internet. That's right. I'm putting the whole Internet on blast. Nice. You got it. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, that's I That's enough. Any research. <laughs> that's more than enough for one week. <laughs> um... Cool. Thank you all for listening. Hey, I want to give a special thank you to people who have donated on uh, Patreon, especially. Uh, I'll rattle off the names. Kurt A., Roger P., Joseph T., Eric J., Jack F., Aaron R., and Brandon C. We really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. We're like halfway to making a Hemet watch Star Wars. It'll happen, and I so we think. can't wait. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. I'm at Heaven Meta, and... My, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. Um, I have a lot more time on my hands, so let me make you something Make done. it happen, people. Um, Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Friendly Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. I have nothing to do with my day, so write me letters. All good. Um, I forward just all your letters. I do. He does, and I do read them. Yes. Have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.